Hello lovely ladies, it is so exciting to be doing my very first podcast. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Vinka, I'm from Vinka Nutrition. I love that I can be here right now with the worst hair day in the world and you can't see it. Absolutely bloody brilliant. Speaking of bloody brilliant, maybe a little bit early in our um, relationship to be having bad puns, but this conversation today, this episode today is going to be about heavy bleeding. This is a very, very common problem for a lot of us women, especially women in the perimenopausal time. And, you know, it's something that we're not really talking about very often. It's not something you sit down at the dinner table and have a yarn about. It's not usually something you bring up when you have a coffee with your friends. We're not really talking about it. And we should because nearly or actually around 50% of us have heavy bleeding. That's a huge amount. Um, And as I was saying, the majority of the time is when we are going through perimenopause, that time between 35 and 55. But it can happen outside of those times too, and I'll talk all about those today. So, you know, in today's episode, I want to shed lights on all the reasons for heavy bleeding. I want to give you guys some solutions that you can take away. But I guess my biggest goal for you is to really understand what your driver is for heavy bleeding. Once you know that, then you can start working on the solution. So that is my aim for today. You know, and before I launch in, it's really important to understand what actually is defined as a heavy period. So essentially, a heavy period is defined as a period that lasts for seven days or longer, or if you're any of you ladies in here that have to change their tampon or pad every one to two hours, that is also a, a definite heavy bleeder. Other signs that would be heavy bleeding would be clotting that's over an inch big. Um, those clots are defined as a heavy bleeder as well. So what we should have for a normal cycle instead is one to six tablespoons of blood not a hell of a lot and it can feel like more than that I know Um, but if you use a moon cup menstrual cup then you can actually see that it's not a lot of blood um, that we're having each period so you know just the other week I had this most beautiful lady who told me that she was having to wear a nappy um, two to three days every month when she was having her heavy flow days it just breaks my heart and then I also have on a regular basis clients telling me that they can't go to work on the days that their periods are heavy because they are so scared of leaking Um, and I just I find that really um, really sad because I think it really affects and disrupts our life um, and the things that we want to do and we're so influenced by our monthly cycle Um, we are in many other ways but this one just adds another another dimension to it that's not much fun. So today I really want to discuss some of these causes of heavy bleeding and you know I really encourage you to understand what your driver is um, so that you can get on top of this and and find some solutions to help your menstrual cycle. So I'm going to kick in and talk to you now about um, some of the common reasons for heavy flow and I'm going to start with one of the big ones. So perimenopause, that's that time when we're getting closer to menopause and things start changing for us hormonally. What happens during this time is that we become quite estrogen dominant. So you know progesterone he kind of smooth sails out the door on the way to menopause but not estrogen. She has a little bit of a party time on her way out to menopause and she can be up and down a lot on that roller coaster ride into menopause. But essentially, what's really happening is, you know, usually in a good normal period, 
when we're in our really healthy fertile years, we have that first two weeks of our cycle being estrogen dominant. So day one being your period, day 14 being ovulation, that kind of time is when we're estrogen dominant. When we then ovulate we um, and, and we don't fertilize an egg, what happens is um, progesterone comes in and progesterone is the opposite to estrogen. So estrogen grows the, th- the thickness of your lining, whereas progesterone thins your lining. So when we get into perimenopause, we're not always ovulating. And so as a result, we don't always make progesterone. And therefore, estrogen can gr- keep on growing our lining and um, progesterone doesn't come in and, th- and thin that lining for us. So we can end up with some very heavy periods as a result, especially if you're in that state where you're missing periods and your lining is just getting thicker and thicker and thicker. So it kind of makes sense that our um, bleeds are going to be quite heavy. So it is a really common time for us women to suffer with heavy bleeding, even if you've never experienced it before. And what we find is the more children you have, the... Um, more chances or more likelihood you have of having this heavy bleeding. So it's something to also take into consideration. So next on my hit list is endometriosis. This is up there with um, perimenopause and one of the biggest causes for heavy bleeding. So endometriosis is effectively when the endometrium, um, which is that lovely cushioning layer that we have in our uterus, it's there to you know, allow your eggs to implant and grow. So that endometrium layer should just be a nice cushioning, lovely layer in there. But for some of you, unfortunately, that endometrium can grow out of control. And it can grow in your uterus, it can grow outside your uterus, it can grow on your fallopian tubes, it can go even around your bowel. Majority of the times it's in your uterus, but for some women it can go in many other places. So this can be quite painful for some women, um, can cause mid-cycle pain, mid-cycle bleeding, but can also um, cause extremely heavy bleeding. So definitely something to be aware of um, if this is your kind of pattern that you need to do some more checks around this. Um, So another big area is fibroids. Fibroids is a non-cancerous growth. This can occur in the uterus, or does occur in the uterus, um, and fibroids are very common. Um, Surprisingly, a lot of women go through this. So something to think about for yourself as well. So next is iron deficiency. Iron deficiency is an interesting one because a lot of women um, develop iron deficiency or anemia when they have heavy bleeding through the loss of the blood. And so what happens when we get low in iron or get anemia is the viscosity of our blood changes. And this, as a result, actually causes us to have heavy periods. So we then get this really vicious cycle of heavy bleeding causing low iron, which keeps you having Um, the heavy bleeding and heavy periods. So I really encourage you if you are heavy bleeding that through your periods that you do an iron check and regularly and make sure your levels are good and if they are not do take an iron supplement. I recommend an iron chelate because the other forms of iron aren't well absorbed and do take it with probably one of your biggest meals. The best time to take it is actually at breakfast with your meal Um, and you can take it every second day if you want, or every day, have some vitamin C with it to help absorption, but it will take a good couple of months to get your levels up, Um, so you'll have to be patient with this one, but it's a big deal for helping with your menstrual flow. So another one to talk about is um, PCOS. 
polycystic ovarian syndrome. Now this is a huge topic and I will do a um, another podcast on PCOS because there's a lot of things you need to do for this one. Um, but just know that PCOS, which is the body making too much testosterone um, for various reasons, which can affect your balance of progesterone and estrogen then leading on to heavy periods. So is a big factor as well. And another one is thyroid issues. So some of you will have diagnoses for having hypothyroidism. Some of you will have an underactive thyroid and won't know. Um, and when the thyroid's not doing its thing or not um, in its proper optimal function, then unfortunately we can get heavy periods too. So it's important again um, that you do lots of testing around your thyroid. I'm always a big um talker on this one obviously um having hypothyroidism myself I've been on a bit of a um, mission to educate women around their thyroids and getting it at optimal levels so testing your thyroid with a practitioner that understands good optimal ranges is essential um so the other areas that are important to think about for heavy bleeding is Estrogen dominance. So one of the big times we have estrogen dominance, as I was saying, is perimenopause, but we can have it for lots of other reasons too. So we can also become estrogen dominant with factors such as being on birth control for many years. You can also get it when we are on HRT, which is not well managed, or things can contain xenoestrogens. Um, and xenoestrogens are chemical forms of estrogens. We call them endocrine disrupting chemicals. Um, and they unfortunately mimic our hormones in our body and block our receptors. Um, these are the bad guys and can also as a result cause us to be estrogen dominant. So these would be things like the chemicals in some skin cares, the lining in aluminium cans, BPA plastics, all plastics in general, um, you know, think about your water bottles um, and also your containers that you reheat things in. Those ones that are heated are, are a lot more influential on estrogen levels with regards to leaching. You know, even car fumes contain xenoestrogen. So, you know, the biggest solution I have here is admit them from your life. There's a lot of ways that we can um, make changes here. Use glass bottles or stainless bottles to drink out of. You know, don't heat anything in the microwave um, with plastics. Change your skincare to ranges that don't contain parabens and those nasty chemicals. And you know, think about those choices that you, where you can to make less influence on your estrogen levels. Um, so that's some advice there um, on estrogen um, dominance. So, you know, in terms of other factors that can cause us to be estrogen dominant, I would really um, encourage you also to be aware of your gut health. Um, we have these beautiful microbiome in the gut called estrobloom and they do the final stage of detoxification. We really want to look after these estrobloom and to look after them, we need um, high fiber foods in our diet. We need really good levels of prebiotic fibers in your diet too. So fiber, when I'm talking about fiber, fruit and vegetables, that good old eight cups a day, really important. But also including some prebiotic fibers in your diet can really help as well. And when I talk about prebiotics, I'm thinking things like onion, garlics and leek, lots of other ones as well. So just do a little old Dr. Google on prebiotics. Um, so keeping that gut healthy will keep your bloom healthy, which will then keep your estrogen levels at a much healthier level so look after that gut guys or should I say girls and the next area I want to talk about is your liver detoxification 
So the liver is the very first place that we detoxify estrogen. goes through two phases of detoxification in the liver, phase one and phase two. So, you know, if there's a big cue in the liver, say you've been drinking some Chardonnay or you've been breathing in some car fumes or basically just living life today, we're going to have a lot of things to process through the liver. So think about what's in that cue, what you can minimize, because when there's less in the queue, estrogen can get through and become detoxified and put into your bowel and pooed out. Hence where that estrogen bloom comes in and that third phase of detoxification that we were just talking about. So the first phases of detoxification are in the liver and what we can do to really help them is lessen the queue. But also we can um, look at things like food that can um, stimulate bile and that's bitter food. So Bitter foods don't always have to be bitter, it can be cucumbers, it can be asparagus, broccoli, cauliflower, it can also be lots of herbs and spices, but these foods stimulate bile and bile is what we exit estrogen out of the body on. So thinking about bitter foods in your diet is really important, brassicas are also really good for detoxifying estrogen, so include these in your diet every day, preferably every meal. Some of you will have genetic um, variations that mean that you are a slow detoxifier, in phase two or that you're going too fast in phase one so if you've ever had your genetics tested you know look for the cyp genes look for the comp genes have a nosy at those to see whether there are issues for you here there are lots of things you can do for that so it's really cool to know about um so you know those are some things that we can do to help the liver then you know another thing that we can do to help support estrogen detoxification is be really aware of your food intolerances or allergens because when you are consuming a food that you are intolerant to then it can really disrupt your gut microbiome, your gut health and cause us to damage that detoxification pathway we've just been talking about and I find a lot of women have a few food allergens that they don't always know about or don't choose to know about and you know the common ones are gluten and dairy and I see that some of my clients really do better off both of those um, foods. I'm a dairy farmer's daughter so I find it really hard to, <laughs> to, to admit that one but a lot of women if we take them off dairy their periods will be uh, less heavy so you know think about gluten think about dairy see whether any of those foods eliminated make a difference for you um, and yeah see how that goes what we can also think about is stress stress is huge and I don't know about you guys but if you ever notice you know when I've had a stressful month my period will let me know about it and you know the reason is stress when we're making lots of cortisol in our body we do so at the expense of making progesterone so progesterone is needed to balance out that good old estrogen so if we can find ways to manage stress don't be the yes lady do some deep breathing find your thing that gets you in your calm space will really help your hormones so think about that um, what's also a good tip for those women who are having really heavy periods is you could try ibuprofen if you have been told it's safe for you to take you've taken it in the past then you know your gp's approved it whatever you need to do but ibuprofen can actually really help reduce the flow of your menstrual cycle taken on those really heavy days can really help so think about those that is an option um, but you know we've covered a lot um, today so what I want to finish with is just saying again get your cause understand what it is that's causing your periods to be heavy so that you know how to get the solutions to fix it and I will do more podcasts I'll be doing um 
ones on thyroid I'll be doing ones on PCOS I'll be doing ones on endo I'll talk a lot about things in genetics as well I'll have lots of wonderful topics coming up so I'll be able to go into some of the things we talked about in more detail so just in the meantime you know think about your gut think about your stress think about your liver detoxification think about all the drivers that could be possibly eliminated in terms of um, plastics and chemicals to help reduce your estrogen load think about everything you can do right now to kind of make an influence on your estrogen levels and they all add up it really does count and I guess the last thing I really want to finish on is we are all women we all have these things happening to us let's just start talking about it don't have a stigma around periods you know and I know I'm one that talks about everything a little bit too much maybe but I feel that we all um, need to be supporting each other and helping each other through this so if there is anyone that this may apply to then please share this information with them Um, and if you aren't already subscribing to my newsletter to get regular updates on my podcast and information then you can do so under vinca.co.nz but look after yourself you know be kind to yourself we are amazing we are women who can do so much so enjoy your day lovely ladies